If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is Terrio Media. Success in real estate has nothing to do with shiny objects. It has everything to do with mastering the basics. The three pillars of real estate investing. Attract, convert, exit. Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Hey there, Epic Investor. It's Matt Terrio from Epic Real Estate, where we show people how to invest in real estate using more of their mind than their money, using creative real estate investing strategies with the emphasis on retiring early. And if this is your first time here, really glad that you found us. If you like what you hear, make sure you hit the subscribe button before you go. And if this is not your first time here, welcome back. And thank you for sharing this with your friends and family. I just looked at the numbers and downloads are going up. So you're the absolute best for sharing this. I really appreciate that. So thank you. In today's show, I'll tell you uh, where I've been and what happened on my summer vacation. And I've got a great guest for you today. Uh, we've been working together for a year or so, and he's accomplished some really great things that I want him to share them with you. And I've, of course, got the news. I'm fired up. And I've also got This Week in Crypto. And today's sponsor of the show, REI Blackbook. It's everything you need to run your real estate investing business all in one place. And they've been doing some big things over there as they just launched their multi-offer generator. So if you're tired of walking away from deals because sellers reject your all-cash offer, you're going to love what they've created to help you go from being a one-trick pony to presenting multiple offers to your sellers. And why is that important? Because by doing so, you'll increase your closing rate by as much as 297%. You'll feel confident in calculating multiple creative financing strategies in minutes, not hours, so you can make better offers in less time. They've totally streamlined this process. And you'll be able to automatically generate your multi-offer letters of intent so you can quickly present your sellers with better offers. All right, BlackBook basically took my three option letter of intent philosophy and they took my calculator and they just kind of smushed it all together and injected it with rocket fuel. So I barely even use my own anymore. That's how good of a job that they did. So go check it out. Get 14 days free access to REI BlackBook, their automated follow-up machine, absolutely free. Plus right now, their brand new multi-offer generator at epicblackbook.com and start closing more creative deals. Get all of this for free, only available at epicblackbook.com. All right, so 
did you miss me? Um, I guess that's always a dangerous question to ask. Because maybe you didn't. Or even worse, maybe you didn't even notice I was gone for a couple weeks. Anyway, I've been laid up for the last, I don't know, I guess uh, a little more than two weeks. And I think it was on July 10th or so uh, when my family and I, we returned from our summer vacation. We went to Big Sky, Montana. And uh, while we were there, we did everything that you're supposed to do in Montana. We did some casual floating down the Yellowstone River, drinking some beer and just admiring the scenery. That was fun. We were able to avoid all the rapids. We weren't on that part of the river. And then the next day, my 10-year-old talked me into zip lining for the first time. That was a blast. I was a little bit nervous. In fact, I was really nervous uh, on the first one. But it all came together. And by that fourth run, I was... uh, Flying high. I loved it. I can't wait to do that again. And uh, we were ziplining over Bear's Lair. And uh, of course, that would not have been complete unless we actually saw a bear. And we did in the wild. So the first time I've ever seen one in the wild. So that was exciting. We, we kept our distance, though, for sure. And then uh, my buddy Jeremy led me down the top of the hill uh, at Big Sky. It's a, it's a very popular ski resort. But obviously, there's no snow right now. So during the summer, they turn it into a mountain bike, quote-unquote, resort. And they have all these t- trails uh, carved through the trees and everything. And and uh, my buddy Jeremy got me to rent a bike and get all decked out in the gear and, and take that bike up to the very top of the mountain and pedal my way down. That wasn't a whole lot of pedaling. You're doing a lot of coasting and braking. And I hadn't been on a bike in probably 25 years. And I was thinking, like, hey... How hard could this be? It's like riding a bike, right? Well, let's just say that expression has an entirely new meaning to me. As uh, about on the second run, I was only about two hours away from heading to the airport to, to come home. And on the second run, about three quarters of the way down, I was feeling pretty confident now. I'd fallen a few times and that was expected, but not nothing too bad. And I was feeling really good in... Feeling a little extra confident, maybe. And my front tire grabbed some soft sand, or the soft sand grabbed my front tire, I should say, and kind of tweaked the handlebars out of my hands. And I went right over the handlebars and into a bed of jagged rocks. So uh, I came out with a, a gash over my head and blood all over the place. Thank God I was wearing a helmet. It could have been a whole lot worse. And then uh, my eyes turned black, both of them. And uh, still almost not quite gone yet. And then the handlebars, which I didn't even realize at the time because I was so concerned with the blood running down my face, that uh, it just felt like a scrape across my belly. And that's all it really looked like initially. And then when I got to the, oh, well, first I I had to go to the uh, urgent care and I had to get stitches. I had to close this gash up over my head. And, uh, but everything was fine. I didn't feel too bad. But then I was, I was changing my clothes at the hospital because I was still in the mountain bike gear and I had to change into nice clothes to get on the plane. I, or clean clothes. I looked down and my belly was like starting to swell and it looked really, really odd. And it was like one side was swelling bigger than the other side. And I was like, well, we got to get on this plane. Let's go. And then as I was going to the airport, it was getting bigger and I got on the plane and it got bigger and people said I was crazy after the fact to even have gotten on the plane, but I wanted to get home. I did not want to be stuck there. And, uh, I had this big giant hematoma across my abdomen. It's 
about one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. I can't even look at it. Can't even look in the mirror. But uh, it's getting a little better, but the doctor says it's going to be about four to six weeks before that disappears. Nonetheless, it was, uh, I'd say, one of my favorite vacations ever. I had a blast, and I got to, at least I, thankfully, I got to live to tell about it. And, uh, you know, I loved it there so much. I don't know if you like the mountains, but I think the older I get, the more I'm liking nature, the more I'm liking being away from the hustle and the bustle in the city. And, and so I started looking at vacation homes to where I was like, I think I could actually maybe live here half the year. It was that pretty. And so on the plane ride home, I had one of those real estate magazines and uh, I was looking through it and I was like, wow, these are really expensive. <laughs> I mean, these are like more than Beverly Hills prices. And uh, I, I turned on the, the laptop and got onto Zillow and I found only in this whole city, 23 houses for sale. And the cheapest one being $1.695 million, $1,695, $1,695,000. That was the cheapest one. And then they went moved up pretty darn quickly from there and they topped out at 22 million. And I was like, hmm, maybe uh, we're gonna have to, to work a little bit harder for the next couple of years before we can buy an extra home in, in the, the high seven figures. But um, that, I was I still had my wheels turning. I was like, well, maybe not big sky. Maybe there's a big country. Maybe there's other parts of the country that uh, would have similar topography or similar activities or similar appearance. And so that led me down a rabbit hole of these similar places to shop for a vacation home. And I stumbled upon this article on Fox Business, and it was titled, The Most Affordable Places to Buy a Vacation Home Right Now. And I was like, hey, you're speaking my language. That was a little bit more my type of reading. And uh, it appears I'm not the only one thinking about vacation homes, as the article stated that the, the demand for vacation homes in the U.S. started surging last year, and it's showing no signs of letting up. So we know that the supply is really low on the retail side of things for people's primary residences. But people aren't stopping with their primary residence. They're buying vacation second homes and, and third homes, this article is showing. And I was like, wow. But um, the article, they combed through the latest data to find the most affordable places to pick up a second home where you can relax and, and maybe even beat the crowd. So it's kind of, it seemed like insider's information. But it was in the magazine, so maybe it wasn't. Or it was in the, on the internet, so maybe it's not insider information. It's for the public. So the National Association of Realtors Research Group recently released its 2021 Vacation Home Counties Report wherein it assessed the data for 323 counties identified as vacation home counties. And that was 323 counties out of 3,143 of them. So like 10% of all the counties. And so the researchers classified a, a county as a vacation home county if there are more than 20% of the locale's housing stock is for seasonal or occasional use. So the National Association of Realtors had highlighted the top 1% of the hottest vacation home markets in its report. And then Fox Business went and pulled out the five least expensive ones based on the median home sales price. And so I was looking through all of them and I found uh, there were there five of them. And I'd never heard of any of these counties. I've never been there. So if you have any input, uh, let me know and uh, send me an email. Uh, call me. Call the office and let me know, hey, Matt, don't go to that county or you know what? That county is great. That's a good, that's good advice. I'd love to know that because I'm really thinking about it. So here are the five most affordable vacation counties in which to buy a home right now in different areas of the United States. 
So the first one, I don't think there was in any particular order. Oh yeah, they do go up. Actually, I'll start with number five and go backwards because number one was the least expensive. So that's like the, the, the most affordable place to buy a home. So number five was Grant County, West Virginia. And the median sales price there was 154,900. So I looked pictures, looked up some pictures online, really pretty area. And the uh, percent of seasonal vacation homes to housing stock is about 20%. And the number of seasonal homes there is only 1,324. So it's a small little county. And then uh, number four was Socorro County, New Mexico. The median sales price there is $140,000. And then uh, the percent of seasonal vacation homes to housing stock is about 23%, and the number of seasonal homes there is 1880. So a little bit bigger and a little bit more proportionate to, uh, to vacation homes. And then number three was Lewis County, New York. The median sales price there was 122000 Now these are getting downright uh, cheap, right? These like, uh, um, I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm a little seriously considering these now for sure. With this at these price points, and the percent of seasonal vacation homes to housing stock is twenty-seven percent there, and the number of seasonal homes is four thousand three hundred and three. So bigger county, and a bigger greater percentage. So that's really a vacation county, and then number two, even cheaper, Hickory County, Missouri. The median sales price there is one hundred ten thousand three hundred dollars, and uh, the percent of seasonal vacation homes to housing stock is twenty-nine percent. So one third of the homes in that that county are vacation homes, and the number of seasonal homes being 2007. And are you ready? The number one vacation home or vacation county, or the number one county with the most affordable vacation homes is Escoda County, Michigan. Escoda. I think I pronounced that correctly. The median sales price there is only $107,500. That's a good vacation home, I think. I mean, that's downright cheap. And the percent of seasonal vacation homes to housing stock is 54%. So in Escota County, half the homes there are vacation homes, with the number of seasonal homes totaling 5,028. So those are all top five. And uh, I'm going to seriously look at those. I've got a couple deals in escrow right now. I've got to wait for those to close. And then I will be um, potentially looking for that, maybe making a short-term rental out of it. I've been looking and meaning to do that. And I think right now is the time to consider it because this seems like very low risk in getting involved in these. Anyway, if you know of something better, if I left something out, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know. And then uh, that's that. Alrighty. So I'll be back with Epic's newest rock star right after this. When you go to work for your money, does it return the favor? If not, no worries. You do not have a money problem. You merely have an idea problem. We're CashflowSavvy.com and we'd like to share a new idea with you around income real estate that can transform your financial future and accelerate its arrival. Go to CashflowSavvy.com and download a free investor's package. CashflowSavvy.com. You do not have a money problem, merely an idea problem. CashflowSavvy.com. More ideas, less worries. CashflowSavvy.com. From coast to coast, Epic investors are doing the most. It's time for another Epic Field Report. So please help me welcome to the show, REI Ace private client, Mark Sestilio. Mark, welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate uh, you having me on. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you could make it on. It's one of my more favorite things to do is you know, interview the people that I've had the fortunate uh, opportunity to work with and watch them grow. And uh, you you fit the bill and it's been a pleasure working with you. Um, how long has it been now? 
eight, nine months, maybe? Uh, I, I think we hit the year mark. Did we hit the year mark? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's been a little while, but you know, that time flies with uh, going through the last 12 months with COVID. This is true. I guess it's kind of the lost year. So it did go by fast. Yeah. But, uh, we had a lot of fun though, right? We did. I think we accomplished a lot. Uh, I'm certainly happy and, and grateful that, uh, that I met you and got to join the club and, and talk to you uh, uh, throughout that time. Super. Likewise. Um, yeah, I want to talk all about uh, the, the progress and, and where you are and what you're doing today because it's pretty remarkable. And I don't get a lot of stories like yours because uh, just because I don't. People give it a shot for, for a couple weeks and they don't get what they want and they go try and do something else only to find that the same struggle waits for them over there too. But, uh, you know, it's, it's always a pleasure to work with people like yourself. But before we get into that, um, before we met, you know, you were already investing in real estate a little bit. And uh, what problems were you looking to solve? Well, I, I was. Um, I, I had started in real estate quite a bit before uh, meeting you and, and coming aboard. But um, I, I think uh, even though I was trying to educate myself, I didn't have like a, a real mentor to kind of bounce ideas off of and, um, and, and really someone that helped me um, put, put things together in a business and make it really like a, a business and not more like a hobby. So, uh, you know, we, I was doing okay. Um, but, uh, and we were getting by and, and you know what, it, it it was a lot easier four or five plus years ago. Uh, and when things kind of changed and the market became more competitive, I, I think uh, we started feeling the pinch. And um, that's when I started seeking kind of further guidance. Um, so I think that's kind of where, where it all started for me. Mm -hmm. So what would have meant to you professionally to have solved that? I think it, I think it means everything. I mean, uh, you know, I, I understood real estate for the most part, but I, what I think I didn't understand was the systems and the marketing and the consistency and the, the day-to-day kind of processes that we, we need to follow in order to kind of be successful and, uh, use your, uh, REI ACE model, um, you know, to, to stay consistent and to get deals and, um, and, and be successful. So, like I said, I mean, I, I was doing okay, but we were, we we're just kind of getting by, um, and it, it became more difficult and, uh, it, it really has meant a lot to me because, um, you know, whether you consider this last 12 months of, of COVID or, or not, um, I, either way I, I would have needed I would have needed the help. I would have needed the coaching um, because if I didn't, I, I wouldn't have changed uh, probably most likely. And uh, you helped me, you know, really learn everything that is necessary, not not for just real estate investing, but to, to create like a, a small real estate investing company, a business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. And what would that have meant to you personally? Well, it, it it means a lot, you know, I, I'm uh, married and I have a couple of young kids. Um, you know, it, it, it had been a struggle before and um, I'm not saying it's easy now, but uh, we 
we're able to have some more flexibility now. Um, I've added a couple of team members uh, since uh, starting coaching with you. And, um, and that really all is a result of, you know, the systems and the, um, and the, the confidence that you've taught me uh, in doing what we're doing and making the decisions and stuff that we're making. So uh, it means a lot to me and my wife and my family. And, uh, you know, we, we feel much, much more confident these days going forward, no matter what the market does. I think we have the systems in place to continue to just uh, grow in, in the business and, and, and be successful. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what is, here we are, you know, a year later, what does business look like for you today? What's, what's the day to day? What's in the pipeline? What have you closed? Yeah. So, you know, um, the, the last part of 2020, it, you know, we were still kind of getting things, uh, set in place. Um, I, uh, had started new marketing campaigns. We were getting new systems in place. So really, really most of, uh, the summer of 2020 and the, the, fall of 2020, uh, we were getting a lot of that thing set up and, um, I started to see some progress with, uh, the marketing that we were doing and the lead generation. And, uh, then in December of 2020, I hired a, a real estate virtualist, uh, I'm sorry, a lead manager, virtual assistant, and to kind of outsource some of that marketing and the different campaigns that we were doing. And, um, she became really full-time in January and uh, 2021. And since then, she's she's been really great. We're, we're getting tons of leads. It's consistent. We've kind of, uh, you know, are, are able to um, have consistent conversations with people that are interested in selling. And um, we've gotten uh, several deals. Um, I think we're up to... Uh, you know, not a whole lot, but we've gotten uh, about 10 deals this year. Um, and and we have tons of leads in the pipeline. And uh, now, uh, just about a month ago, I've also hired an acquisition manager to kind of fill my role as uh, taking phone calls and following up and, um, and going on appointments. And, you know, there's, there's, uh, a learning curve there, but I'm, I'm able to teach him, you know, what we need to do and follow the processes that, that you've taught. And, um, I, I think with those couple of team members and the consistent marketing campaigns that we're doing and using the systems and, the um, that, that we have, uh, we're, we're much better prepared going forward to have consistent deal flow, uh, going forward. Um, and I've actually also picked up a, a couple rental properties in that time as well. So mm -hmm. super, super. So I, I started at the beginning saying that, uh, I don't get to have many conversations like the one I'm having with you because, uh, in the beginning it started off kind of slow and, and it happens that way sometimes. And, you know, we were, we were touching base pretty much every single week and, you know, you were, sharing your frustrations, but we'd make a little tweak here, a little tweak there. And we just, we saw this gradual improvement. Um, at what point and what do you think it was that was like the tipping point? Because, 
you know, the last call I had with you, you were like, oh, I, everything's good. I don't have anything to ask. I just wanted to talk to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so what was yeah, the tipping point? Yeah, the last call was me. It was like, I just wanted to talk, man. We haven't talked in a while. I got so much going on. I don't even have time to talk to you. So I, uh, but we, I think the tipping point was really, um, it was, it was really making sure that my, my marketing and my daily processes were, were in place and they were consistent. So I know you really, really harped that, uh, on if you want consistent deal flow, then your marketing needs to be consistent. And I didn't really have that before, even though we were doing different types of direct mail, um, it, it, it wasn't quite as consistent and we didn't have the confidence back, uh, several years ago to just continue, you know, doing what we were doing. And, um, and I think also a big part of that was, was the, uh, the daily navigator, uh, that's your, your daily, uh, work. Your, your daily activities that are revenue generating activities. And even though I thought before meeting you and, and talking with you that I was making and contacting and making enough phone calls to people, it just wasn't enough. And uh, the, the Daily Navigator really helps you um, keep track of that and help kind of hold yourself accountable and and you know if you've only made five calls at the end of the day and you're kind of like you're bummed at yourself because it's it's just not enough and and especially in this market um you know four four plus years ago you could make five or six calls a day and probably get a deal Mm -hmm. but that's it's not that way anymore so i had to really uh, ramp things up and keep track of them. And, uh, I think when I started doing that and then adding some team members, um, you know, those, those, as those numbers started to rise, uh, we, we are seeing, uh, better deal flow or, or more consistent conversations and appointments and which in turn makes, the ability to to uh, make more offers, which of course is how you get deals, is, is making mm-hmm. offers. So um, I, I guess that that's probably the biggest tipping point, just making sure that we're doing all the correct daily activities. And once we started doing that, it it started making a shift. Awesome, yeah. The daily activities they uh, they don't discriminate. They just care whether you do them or not. <laughs> they don't care why, right? Yeah. Perfect. They don't even ask either. They, just, they don't even ask. <laughs> they're just there. They just sit there and wait for you, you know, every day. You know when you're sitting in bed at night that you didn't make those extra phone calls that uh, you probably didn't give enough of an effort that day. Right. So things are going really, really smoothly now as we just talked about our, our last phone call. Like, uh was more of just uh, catching up. But what have the up to this point? What have been your three favorite things working with Epic? Yeah, so I think I hit a couple of those things. But I think um, first and foremost, I really love uh, talking with you and learning from you and somebody that has uh, a lot more experience me than me and um, and 
you know, also experience in, in, a, in different things in, in real estate that, that I haven't had before. I mean, you know, one of the things that really attracted me to you when, other than the fact that I just felt like I resonated with you as a person, um, was, was the seller financing stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that education has, has been a, a, a really big deal. Um, two, I, I'd say, you know, I, I think as this world kind of gets, uh, more fast paced and crazier and stuff, you, you still are able to break things down very simply. And, uh, I, I really appreciate that about you because I, I, I like to kind of make things simple and, and then just go. Um, and I, I felt like that has been something that has been really great. Um, and then three, um, I, I guess I already kind of hit this, but it, it's, it's how you, how you coached me up on, on all the, the processes. Uh, the systems, the processes, the, the daily activities, the, the follow-up systems within our CRM. And um, it, so, again, making those things kind of simple and, uh, and consistent and automated has, has been just a, a huge deal for, for us. Great, great. So where do you stand now looking into the future? What do you see? What, what are you most excited about? Yeah. So now, I mean, you know, we, we have consistent marketing systems. I have the, the, uh, lead manager VA and the acquisition manager. And, uh, you know, we're right around two deals a month, uh, in, in the future. Um, you know, I'm hoping to get to, to four or five deals a month, add a couple more team members, um, and really just make, um, my systems and and my team better uh you know i i kind of know what to do now and i i have the picture in my head and i feel like it's it's very doable for me to have a small real estate investment company that can do four or five deals a, a month uh and um you know continue to pick up rental properties and and generate that that passive income uh and at the same time kind of free myself a little bit from, from the daily, daily tasks. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, like I said earlier, um, I have a young family, uh, our, our young kids and, and a wife and, uh, my wife has been, uh, great through this whole process. I've been busting my butt over the last, you know, couple of years. And, um, it's been a lot, but I, I, I think I, I have the knowledge and, um, the coaching ability to kind of pick up a, a couple more team members and uh, just kind of round out uh, my my business uh, and and then kind of see where we go from there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, maybe I want to uh, you know make have ten t team members and and do a hundred deals a year, or maybe I don't. But you know, we're we're just trying to get to the next step. Right. So, right. We'll travel as far as we can see. <laughs> we get there. We'll see further. We'll figure it out. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Mark, for, for sharing your time. Can, can you finish this sentence for me? I almost didn't work with Epic because. 
I almost didn't work with Epic because I was scared. I, I think like I, you know, I'm not sure if I'm a, a little bit unique, but you mentioned earlier that um, I had been in the real estate investing industry for several years before finding you. And um, I, I thought that I knew a lot already at that time, but we, we weren't seeing the results. So I, I was scared to take the next step, but I, I felt like if I didn't at this point, by the way, it was basically like the month or a couple months right into when COVID started and the, mm -hmm. and the everything, all that started. So um, I felt like at that time it, it was, it was the right moment for me to, to get some real solid coaching um, and, and experience and learn from somebody that's been there and done that. And uh, I, I just had to get over, uh, you know, taking that leap uh, and, and try to be confident in, in what we were doing because I, I'm, I'm not leaving real estate. It doesn't matter what the market does. Like we're, I'm going to be here in the real estate market for, uh, for the rest of my life. So, um, and I knew that before, so I just had to get over, suck it up a little bit and, um, and, and go for it. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you did because it's been a pleasure working with you. Uh, you're, you're the perfect type of person that I like to work with. You know, I always say that uh, my favorite thing is to help people that are ready, willing, and able to help themselves. It just always makes a good partnership and always creates a really good result. So if someone were sitting on the fence and debating as to whether or not they should work with Epic, what would you tell them? I would just say do it, man. I mean, you, like you got to have some confidence that um, Matt and, and clearly you can see online and from the podcast and YouTube videos that he has a ton of experience. Um, and I, I say go for it. Like if you're interested in real estate, um, and, and you want to go faster, as you say, uh, th that's the way to do it. I mean, because the, the education, the, the systems, the processes, uh, in order to, to make uh, a small real estate invest business happen, um, you got it all. Epic's got it all. So I, I say you got to just, you got to go for it. Well, thank you, Mark. I'm sure I'll be talking to you next week because we got new updates coming up and uh, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be new updates. It's not going to be next week though, because I'm going on vacation next week. I think it's the oh, week after, so. well-deserved. Perfect. <laughs> so I'll talk to you the week after. All right. Have a good time. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for being here. All right. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. All right. We'll be back with the news right after this. Alert! Alert! Real estate investors, listen carefully. A closely guarded secret reveals that closely guarded secrets aren't really that closely guarded. <laughs> Seriously, go to findmotivatedsellersasap.com to get the inside scoop on how the nation's most successful real estate investors really find their deeply discounted properties. Go to findmotivatedsellersasap.com. Deeper discounts, less secrets. Findmotivatedsellersasap.com. All right, in the news, billionaires Bezos and Branson have both completed their flights to outer space. What's next for the space tourism industry? Does anyone care? Um, let's fix Earth first. Those are my thoughts. Uh, Netflix, in its Q2 earnings reported yesterday, 
that the company said COVID has created some lumpiness in our membership growth as it struggled to turn out hit shows this spring. For some reason, I feel like Netflix is going to land on their feet at some point. I think they'll be okay. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions after beating the Phoenix Suns in six games. I think that was the first time, what, in 51 years. I don't have that written in front of me, but I think that's what I read. And then uh, Apple is delaying its return to the office by at least a month due to the spread of the Delta variant of the COVID virus. I got some more to say on that. And then uh, Peloton is launching a fitness video game that looks a lot like Guitar Hero but with a wheel. And the opening ceremony for the Olympics will be held tomorrow, perhaps uh, today by the time you're listening to this podcast, or maybe you're listening to this way in the future and it's already opened up. But the Olympics are on. Not good news for the Olympics. Poor Japan is really kind of getting the short end of the stick. When typically this is going to be a, a windfall for their country. And uh, with COVID uh, doing what it's doing, there will be no spectators, live spectators for any of the events, the politics and sponsors are dropping out and I feel bad for Japan. And uh, I wish that was going to change and I feel bad for all the, the Olympians as well. They work their entire life and, and get short changed like this. Anyway, um, those are starting and the show must go on. Then the US and Germany reached a deal that allows for the completion of a Russian gas pipeline to Europe without further US sanctions. Isn't that nice of us? Isn't that nice of us to do for the Russians is to uh, grant them a, a nice clear path to create their pipeline while we shut down ours here? I don't understand this at all. I, th th there's no logic here. There's gotta be something else going on. Someone's getting paid. Someone is getting paid for that one because that defies all logic. Uh, the number of U.S. COVID-19 cases is on the rise again, you might have heard, with increases shown in every single state, driven in part by the highly contagious Delta variant. Driven in part, that's what the report says here, but I think it's almost driven almost exclusively by the highly contagious Delta variant at this point. And so the Delta variant, if you don't know, which was uh, first identified in India, it was called the India variant before, but we're not allowed to do things like that, I guess. And it appears to be much more contagious and also causing a surge of new cases of the virus in many parts of the world. The good news is, though, that the Moderna vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, and the Johnson & Johnson vaccine report that their COVID-19 vaccines are effective against the Delta variant. And I think I read uh, the stat of all those that are ending up in the hospital right now are all people that like 90, it's almost all of them, 90 something percent that are not vaccinated. And uh, speaking of that, I just got an email from my son's school that they are uh, reinstating the mask mandate. And I had some strong feelings about that. But it's my son that has to go there, and I don't really want to cause any waves, but I couldn't resist, so I had to reply to the email. I doubt it will do make a difference. In fact, I'm confident it won't make a difference. In fact, my first line in the email was, this email won't make a difference, but it should be known. Although cases are up, the CDC website says deaths are going the opposite direction in Clark County. That's the county we live in here in Las Vegas. And I said, the vaccine is working. Masks aren't. They never have. No narrative, no politics, just data. 
Then I finished with, also, why punish the least vulnerable demographic the most? Yes, it was a rhetorical question. I don't expect an answer. But I had to click send and actually felt pretty good at doing it. You know, at this point, if someone hasn't gotten the vaccine, that's their problem, not the rest of the world. I mean, if you've been vaccinated, you're not in danger. So please stop the shaming of those that choose not to. That's their choice. And uh, if something happens to them, it's on them. The vaccine is readily available to anyone that wants it now. So uh, we just got what we got. All right. And uh, if I hear follow the science one more time, I think I'm going to scream. I think I've already screamed. I think I did that several times today because uh, I'm looking at cdc.gov. That's the CDC website. I'm looking at that right now. And yes, absolutely, cases are on the rise. You can see the little bar graph ticking up. But it's not a spike. It's not a surge like the news reports. It's an uptick. But it's going up. I mean, it's noticeable for sure. You know, based on what we dealt with, you know, this time last year, I guess it should be of concern, but we did this last year with no vaccine. Now we got the vaccine and it shouldn't be an issue or not the big emergency everyone's making out to be. I mean, I'm looking at the graph right now. You know, it might raise an eyebrow, but it doesn't look like it should cause an alarm. And then when you switch the little toggle switch, because they got this, these cool little buttons and stuff, go to, go to CDC and look at yourself. You, you switch the little toggle button from cases to deaths, and then it changes the graphs on how the deaths are being tracked. And the graphs show the death rate is dropping. The vaccine is working. It's working. It's keeping people out of the hospital. It's keeping people off of ventilators. Now, who knows how this episode will look a month from now. It remains to be seen. But we just want consistency in the information that people give us. I mean, are we listening to the science or not? Are we looking at the data or not? I mean, I'm looking at the data that the White House references in their press conferences on a daily basis, the CDC website. I'm wondering what CDC website are they looking at? I, I really believe a couple years from now, we're all going to look back. And the only thing that made a difference in this pandemic is one, the vaccine, and two, people taking care of themselves. Oh, and I haven't said this in a while. Keep taking your vitamin D, your vitamin C, and your zinc and get your cardio in. It's not going to prevent you from getting the virus, but it will keep you out of the hospital as the studies show. And if you're brand new to the podcast, I was talking about this a lot and I won't beat that dead horse. Um, I was talking about this a lot during the pandemic, but vitamin D, C, and zinc, they're good for you anyway, right? So what could it hurt? And I mean, have you heard anyone on the news say that, you know, take care of yourself, right? No. In fact, you'll get kicked off of Facebook and YouTube if you were to say something so damaging to take care of yourself. You know, Dr. Drew just got kicked off of uh, YouTube for simply saying that the Delta variant is more contagious but less virulent. And if your layman's self were to look at the CDC stats, if you look at it, the cases are up. But hospitalizations and deaths are not. They're not even tracking hospitalizations on this newest version of the CDC website. They're not even tracking the hospitalizations anymore. And, and by the way, Dr. Drew is not just a TV doctor. I'm not a big fan or anything like that, but I've heard him tell his story. And, you know, I think it's, uh, it's a little unfair as he's been accused of being a TV doctor by mainstream media. But no, 
Most people don't realize he makes his rounds at the hospital. He works at a hospital. He tends to his patients daily. He's deep in the mix. And there's all these non-doctors that somehow know better and are in positions to call the shots and dictate mandates. Anyway, I'll leave it alone. Now, for This Week in Crypto. This Week in Crypto is sponsored by MyFirstCryptoCourse.com. It's the beginner's guide to investing in crypto assets that will show you how you could safely 10 to 20 extra money this year with Bitcoin, even if you're brand new to crypto. For a limited time, Mike Dillard will give you three of the top crypto assets he's invested in this year. Go to MyFirstCryptoCourse.com. And when you enroll in Mike's course, email the receipt to me at Matt at EpicRealEstate.com. And I'll personally reply with the recording of the free web class that I did for a private group of investors and how I'm incorporating cryptocurrencies to three times my ROI, all having all to do with the uh, velocity of money. And I'll give you all of the services that I'm using to make it happen too. And so you can get started at myfirstcryptocourse.com. I've got two deals, three deals in contract right now on fire over here. And, uh, I used crypto to acquire these deals. I used some refis to acquire these deals. I used some unconventional loans to acquire these deals. And I'll show you all about it once they're closed, or, or I'll tell you all about it once they're closed. I'm going to show you them on, on the YouTube channel. But um, get a head start and go to myfirstcryptocourse.com and email me the receipt to matt at epicrealestate.com and I'll send you the recording of how I'm doing all of this. Alrighty, so the crypto market for the last couple weeks has been pretty much moving sideways, a little bit up, a little bit down, a little bit up, a little bit down, with uh, half your experts predicting the whole thing is about to tank, and the other half saying we're going to the moon. Truth is, nobody really knows, but uh, here's what we do know. Circle K just announced they'll be hosting thousands of crypto ATMs. I told you when I moved here to Vegas, I couldn't believe it. I saw cryptocurrency ATMs, Bitcoin ATMs in all of the Chevron gas stations here. And now uh, Circle K just announced that they're going to be hosting thousands of them too. Then U.S.-based investment banking giant J.P. Morgan, led by crypto skeptic Jamie Dimon, reportedly allows its financial advisors to help all its wealth management clients invest in crypto funds. It was just a couple years ago where Jamie Dimon threatened to fire anyone that worked at J.P. Morgan for even thinking about cryptocurrency. And now he's allowing his financial advisors to help his wealth management clients invest in cryptocurrencies. Uh, American financial giant Goldman Sachs Group claims that nearly half of the family offices it does business with want to add digital currencies to their investments so they are obliging. And then electric car maker Tesla Inc. would most likely restart accepting Bitcoin as payments once it conducts due diligence on the amount of renewable energy used to mine the currency. That's from uh, the chief executive officer, Elon Musk himself. And he said that at a conference uh, the middle of this week. By the way, the whole um, energy consumption thing of Bitcoin, uh, yeah, it's a lot. But when you start comparing it to... um, what was it? They compared it to like swimming pools, I think. Like just the heating of swimming pools in this country consumes more than the energy than Bitcoin mining does. And there's a whole list of things, of things that we think about every single day that if we're outraged by, and if Elon is outraged by the amount of energy that Bitcoin uses to mine it, we should be outraged by 
10 other things before that. And then a MasterCard announced this week it will enhance its card program for cryptocurrency wallets and exchanges, making it simpler for partners to convert cryptocurrency, traditional fiat currency. And then once again, Tesla CEO Elon Musk on Thursday, the day after he made that last announcement, said he owns Bitcoin, Dogecoin, and Ethereum. Then Musk added that Tesla and SpaceX also own Bitcoin. So I share these stories because we've got Circle K, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, Tesla, MasterCard, and Musk himself as a human being person, all adopting and taking on cryptocurrency. I just keep on reading this type of stuff and it tells me that I'm on the right track. And if you don't have any, just get a little bit, just get something, go download the Coinbase app. I get nothing from this, by the way absolutely nothing from from you doing this, whether you do it or not. But I I think the haves and the have-nots are are going to be defined more by who has cryptocurrency and who doesn't in the next 10, 20 years than what defines them now. So anyway, go get the download the Coinbase app, put a hundred bucks, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, whatever you're not afraid to lose, buy some Bitcoin and then just leave it there and forget about it. I think in 10 years, you're really going to thank me. Alrighty. And that's this week in crypto. And that is the show. If you found this episode valuable, who else do you know that might too? You probably know somebody else. There's a really good chance that you do. And when their name comes to mind, please share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here. And I'm going to take great care of them. All right. That's it for today. God loves you. And so do I. Health, peace, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.